Hello and a very warm welcome to you our dear listener. This is the New Life program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi and this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host Nixon Ratemo. I'm glad that you are tuned in. To start off the show is Emmanuel Sunday who will be talking about sleep on the health segment. Then later on, Ian Muse will join us in the Bible segment with the topic Victory Against Sin. But first, let's get the song Wangapi by Hosanna Melody Singers. Stay tuned. Thank you. 
Listener, that was the song Wangapi by Hosanna Melody Singers. Remember, you are listening to the New Life program. Here comes Emmanuel Sunday with more on the topic sleep. Remember, health is wealth. Stay tuned and be on the note. Once again, is a warm welcome to our health slots. In our program today, we're going to talk about sleep. According to statistics, seven to eight more women than men suffer from insomnia. 600 tons of sleeping pills are taken by Americans yearly. Correct sleep is important, not too much, not too little, and at the same time, each day of the week, including holidays. Sleep before midnight is twice as beneficial as sleep after midnight, as growth hormone which is useful in adults for repair and healing, cheerfulness and a strong mind, is produced mainly during the hours before midnight and only when one is sleeping. Short sleepers are outgoing, lively, contented and efficient. Long sleepers worry, get depressed, anxious and are introverted. It's better to sleep between 6 and 9 hours daily as persons who sleep less than 6 or more than 9 hours tend to live shorter lives than those sleeping 7 to 8 hours daily. Weight gain increases sleep needs. Weight loss decreases sleep needs. Getting older decreases sleep needs. Several sleep cycles occur each night. The first lasts 70 to 80 minutes. The second one lasts 110 minutes. And the third lasts 120 minutes. The fourth and subsequent last 90 minutes each. Studies suggest that REM, rapid eye movement sleep, is a periodic discharge to mounting excitement in certain centers of the brain. Without this release, perverted activity is more likely. Cats deprived of REM, sleep show, voracious and uncontrolled hunger, as well as perverted sexual behavior. REM sleep is important to learning, to memory, and adaptation. Irritability, anxiety, 
and mental disturbance follow REM deprivation. Depression and lethargy follow stage 4 deprivation. Growth hormone is produced in deep sleep. Sleep loss is associated with retention of nitrogen, sodium, and water. More protein is required to compensate for excessive losses, which occur on the second day of sleep deprivation. Following are some suggestions to induce sleep without drugs. First, have vigorous exercise daily, preferably out of doors in the soil. Also, no new activity late in the day, no nap after dinner, and make up lost sleep in midday or before to avoid interference with evening sleep. Have an evening ritual. Let bedtime and arising time be constant. Take no evening meals or snacks. The last food of the day should be taken several hours before going to bed. Sleep after eating is not restful. Avoid stimulants. TV sets and other visual stimuli, stress too much food, evening meals, stimulating foods such as animal products, refined foods and sugar, caffeine, drinks, alter sleep patterns, causes restless leg syndrome and chronic anxiety, hostility and depression, all of which interfere with sleep. Keep well hydrated. Sleep is a positive action of the brain, not the absence of all action and the cells need adequate hydration. Practice staying alert during waking hours. Do not doze in meetings. To do so may rob you of the evening sleep. Have fresh air circulating, but no drafts, that is, currents of air chilling the skin in the bedroom. Air out the sleeping rooms thoroughly during the day. Have a comfortable bed. Learn to completely relax. Never cover the face while sleeping. Have warm clothing, especially around neck and on arms. Use lightweight bed covers, chilled feet, and legs promote leg cramps which disturb sleep. Wear warm stockings. Also, get an average of 7 to 8 hours of sleep or bed rest each day and arise promptly on signal. Drink catnip or hope's tea at bedtime and again during the night if needed. Slowly take 40 to 50 deep breaths. Soak in a neutral or slightly warm bath for 30 to 90 minutes and then blot the skin dry without friction. Move slowly and return to bed. Lastly, which is very important, remember prayer. Train the mind to dwell on healthy themes when awake. This will control the quality of the dreams that you have. Dear listener, we do thank you for tuning in and God bless you. For those of you who are just joining us, this is the New Life Program with me, Nixon Ratemo, your host, coming to you live from Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Always, it's a pleasure to have you with us. You haven't missed a lot. If you wish to drop comments, suggestions, or questions, do so through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 100 Nairobi, Kenya or email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org And now, here is a song Obeange by Hosanna Melody Singers. Remember, you are listening to the New Life Program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi and this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Don't change the channel. Oh, <laughs> 
for choosing our station we are because you are and now please join me as i welcome ian muse for the bible segment his message is victory against sin be blessed Greetings, dear listener, and welcome to our study today. I believe that our loving God has kept you safe in His everlasting arm. 
The topic of our study is victory against sin. I am a presenter, Ian Muse. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. James chapter 1 verse 14 to 15. Here the act of sin is compared to the process of conception and reproduction. Just as a bee carries pollen from one open blossom to another to fertilize the flower, so the heart of each individual is open to the introduction of unholy thoughts and desires. If those seeds are allowed to mingle with the carnal nature, they produce an inevitable harvest of sin and finally death. Our only protection is to set a guard before all the avenues of the soul to test every entering thought. By the grace and strength of Christ, every evil desire can be recognized and sifted out so that it has no opportunity to linger in the mind as a catalyst of lust and sin. This touches an issue that often becomes exceedingly sensitive. How easy it is to say that we can monitor the mind and weed out the clamoring thoughts of sin. But can human beings, even concert with Christ, actually conquer the temptation to harbor impure thoughts? The Bible says yes, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 to 5 How is such total victory possible? Is it accomplished through prayer, faith or personal effort? Basically, we must agree that this kind of deliverance comes only through the enabling, indwelling spirit of God. There is not enough strength in the flesh to overcome one evil desire. Nevertheless, the victory is not obtained without our strong cooperation and action. God does not work miracles to deliver those who do not use their own God-given power to avoid evil. Again, we are brought back to the question of inviting temptation. How far should we go in protecting ourselves from the vulnerability to sin? Jesus laid down a very clear principle in the Sermon on the Mount. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members shall perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off, and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Matthew chapter 5 verse 29 to 30. Jesus was not talking about the literal eye or the literal hand. Christ was talking about the occupation of the hand and what the eye focuses on. If we find ourselves in a job or any physical situation which opens a door to temptation, the counsel is to cut it off. In other words, get away from any vocation which involves an enticement that is liable to lead into sin. The master indicated that any radical means should be used to avoid situations which might overwhelm with soul-destroying sin. Even an employment position should be abandoned rather than risk the spiritual loss of eternal life. If we find ourselves looking at some sin which is likely to introduce sinful thoughts or actions, Jesus commands us to shut that view away from our sight by any possible means. The term pluck it out conveys the idea of perceptuous action if necessary. What a persuasive argument against the corruption communication media of today. The alluring appeal of television is probably the most powerful incitement to sin in the 20th century. The words of Christ have a most explicit application to those who have difficulty controlling the television set. Our Lord's counsel to pluck it out will seem to translate into throw it out if the eye continues to be offended by provocative pictures on the tube. Much better, Jesus said, 
to lose the advantage of the educational material than to lose the soul by looking at degrading programs. If it can't be totally controlled, don't take the chance. Pluck it out. Will Jesus ask to deny ourselves some good thing just because a small amount of mind pollution might be involved? Yes. It is much better to lead what the word calls a narrow-minded existence, a one-eyed life, than to lead a so-called full life and lose your soul. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. Saying no to desirable, fleshy things is a basic requirement of a Christian discipleship if those things present temptations which are likely to lead into sin. What I am really saying is that even with a spiritual mind, we need to follow the great basic principles of victory over temptation. There are places to be avoided if you want to have total victory. There are devotional requirements if we will be wholly in harmony with Christ. The avenues of the mind must be guarded if we will defeat sin in its inception. What a tremendous difference it will make if all could clearly understand the priority placed upon a pure mind. Satan has created a deceptive, artificial world of the flesh which makes a powerful appeal to the mind of every man, woman, and child. Only by recognizing the snares and appropriating all the weapons of Christ's warfare will be successful in resisting temptation. Although some people seem able to resist anything except temptation, others appear to be almost complacent about the problem. Is it possible to have a misplaced confidence in the flesh and its ability to cope with temptation? Paul wrote, Let him that thinketh his standard take heed lest he fall. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 Have you noticed how some of the most unlikely individuals fall prey to the most unlikely sins? It is often the case that a person is overcome in the area where he feels the strongest. How does it happen? Do we become careless on the point of our supposed strength? It appears so. No inspired explanation is given as to how Moses could succumb to impatience or anger. The Bible presents him as the meekest man who ever lived. Such a person might yield to many other temptations, but surely not to passion. Yet, that is exactly the sin that shut Moses out of the promised land. He smote the rock in anger instead of speaking to it as God commanded. Numbers chapter 20 Abraham was distinguished by his total trust in God. He is called the father of the faithful. Yet he lied to the king of Egypt out of fear that his wife will be taken from him. Do these great Bible characters not demonstrate dramatically how certain attacks the place in our lives where there is a lack of alertness? No one should think he is immune to Satan's attacks because of some demonstrable virtues. It is also very interesting to note that no one really anticipates the result of yielding to temptation since it usually approaches along the line of least resistance. Gehazi saw the flashing colors of the siren garments, not the leprous scars which will follow him to the grave. Achan saw the coveted wage of Babylonian gold, not the anger of a nation which will rise up to stone him. Judas could not see past the glittering silver coins to his fearful remorse and suicide. Listener, there is a resounding truth in the Bible that in Christ Jesus we are victorious of our sin. You can claim your victory today by accepting him as your personal savior and your everyday guide. Take that step today, my friend, and you shall not be overcome by evil. Till we meet again, God bless you abundantly. I was your presenter, Ian Musi.
Thank you so much for staying tuned throughout the show. I hope that you are really blessed. Don't forget to send in your views, comments or questions about the show by writing to the producer, Adventist World Radio, PO Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. You can also email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Until next time, I've been your host, Nixon Gratemo. God bless you abundantly. Oh, I can't wait to come